So, Billy, welcome back to the Airwaves. New Christmas single cover of Love Is All Around. Except we've changed the word love to Christmas. Yes. Uh, is that an important message to you, Bill? Not really, Mike. Christmas is a time for people with someone they love in their lives. And that's not you? That's not me, Michael. When I was young and successful, I was greedy and foolish, and now I'm left with no one, wrinkled and alone. <laughs> wow. Uh, thanks for that, Bill. For what? Well, for actually giving a real answer to a question. It doesn't often happen here at Radio Watford, I can tell you. Ask me anything you like, I'll tell you the truth. The best shag you ever had? Britney Spears. Wow. No, only kidding. <laughs> She was rubbish. OK, um, here's one. How do you think the new record compares to your old classic stuff? Oh, come on, Mikey. You know as well as I do, the record's crap. <laughs> but wouldn't it be great if number one this Christmas wasn't some smug teenager but an old ex-heroin addict searching for a comeback at any price? All those young popsters come Christmas Day, they'll be stretched out naked with a cute bird balancing on their balls. And I'll be stuck in some dingy flat with my manager, Joe, ugliest man in the world. Fucking miserable because our fucking gamble didn't pay off. So if you believe in Father Christmas, children, like your Uncle Billy does, buy my festering turd of a record and particularly enjoy the incredible crassness of the moment when we try to squeeze an extra syllable into the fourth line. <laughs> I think you're referring to uh, If You Really Love Christmas. Come on and let it snow. Ouch. So, uh, here it is one more time, the dark horse for this year's Christmas number one. Christmas is all around. Thank you, Billy. After this, the news. Is the new Prime Minister in trouble already? That is, of course, oh, love. love Actually, uh, <laughs> one of my all-time favorites. Yes. Um, and we will uh, we will actually talk about this movie and other Christmas uh, flicks as this podcast goes on. Because we this sure is will. our holiday special 2.0. Yeah, we, uh, we did something last year. I, I honestly don't remember it. That was Last year was at least 10 years ago, so I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, we have done this podcast long enough. To yeah. have a second annual of right, something. Right, right, right. It's um, a big deal. It's, it's a big deal for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's very exciting. And we I'm just glad we're giving something back to the people with everything going on. I know I mean, we're helping everybody get through this. I wouldn't uh, give yourself that much credit, but uh, <laughs> we, uh, we are enjoying it, and hopefully hey, we keep going. Can I read something that uh, yeah. that has nothing to do with the holiday stuff, yeah. but it just made me so happy? Uh, Please, our our friend and listener, Chance Bostick, uh, sent me this. Um, it is a tweet, um, from at dragon ends. I don't know who that is or if that's a real person or what, but the tweet is, I miss movie pass the worst business idea in the world, which led to the greatest summer of my life. Right. Yeah. I really felt that. I, you know I've I mean? seen that. I really that's felt. a, that's a good, uh, that's a good sentiment. It's pretty and great. We, we, uh, had that for so many years before it became cheap. Like it was nine ninety nine, and yes. it's the, the nine ninety nine yes. that killed it. Um, was probably like a year, but we easily had it for like two, three, four years before that at yep. $50 yep. a month. 
You and I um, were the target. Or it went group. it went up to fifty dollars a month. Yeah, at some I actually point. snagged it at thirty five. Yeah, early good. on, and was yeah. able to sustain that for a while. But I easily got a hundred dollars a month at right. least out of that. You that's know, why when it was at fifty, I was like, months. "Don't make it nine ninety nine. Yeah, no, what I the know. fuck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> it was the polar quote unquote polar opposite yeah. of what we have now, which is no movies. almost no movies at the uh, movie theater due to pandemic yeah. and other, and two, other it things. It was too but, many uh, movies and now it's... But we're not going to focus on that. We're going to no, focus we're, on... No, we're not. Not until that section stuff. of the podcast where I do focus <laughs> right. on that. <laughs> the, the shit part. When we talk the yeah. shit, that'll be the part. Um, yes. So, uh, hey, let me know. I have this new mic uh, that I'm not sure about yet, but uh, let me know if it's annoying um, my... Sometimes my mustache touches it. Ooh, yeah, I can Sounds hear it when you like rub that. back and forth. Uh, I'm very I mean, sensual. I'm exaggerating, but calm down, ladies. I think uh, hold on to your I baby. Think I just gotta move away from the mic a little bit, yeah. just a little bit. It's about proximity. Um, Somebody who knows more sound than yeah. you told me. <laughs> we we are gonna get into Christmassy stuff later, and hopefully it'll be very festive. Um, and I have got a lot of fun uh, news clips and stuff. But um, let's talk about some new stuff we've watched. Um, I Ooh, okay want to start with a documentary that i watched the other day that is on apple tv plus it's Werner herzog's new documentary hey and i'm he's got a crazy voice i'm a pretty big fan of his documentaries in general but uh, they always are so peaceful to me they're peaceful and you know they're 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 all meditations that's all it is it's like a meditation on blank you know whatever he wants to talk about and this one is called Fireball Visitor, Visitors from Darker Worlds. And it's a, you know, what? it's a documentary about meteors that have hit the earth. Oh, um, okay. And so, um, but it, it, beautiful, you know, because it's new and it was, you know, bought by Apple or produced by Apple. So it's beautiful cinematography and it's all, you know, 4K, Dolby Vision, blah, blah, blah. It's just beautiful. And um, it just, it's not really even, his movies aren't even about <laughs> giving you information necessarily yeah. the fiery heap of ice yeah, it's like it doesn't through the dark void of space it doesn't matter it's really They're not incredible. about it it's more just about the vibe and you know and and of course there's plenty of information but it um it's it's really 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 fascinating like my favorite part is that um there are these groups of scientists that go to antarctica they go to big open expanses in antarctica to look for meteors because there's no there's nothing that that touches these glaciers and and ice landscape at all right meaning that for days or months or years or decades there is no human contact and there's no weather contact with the ice meaning it it just doesn't change and so you can just walk yeah. around and just find meteors because it's the Wild. only thing that would ever affect the landscape yeah and they're just sitting there they're just on the ice the ice hasn't melted they haven't gone down you know they're just sitting there yeah so it's fascinating and they could have been there for a hundred years and it's just like uh, the the old classic science fiction movie the thing or the remake (laughs) the thing (laughs) exactly uh, in 1982 i think he i think Um, he references that too but i I wonder if he got this idea when he did encounters at the end of the world which i find one of the most interesting documentaries at least half of my love of that documentary is literally just his narration sure well, i mean yeah, honestly but like everything's so beautiful and striking <laughs> yes. and weird to look at because it really is like another world and then you throw his voice on top of it 
Um, do we know, has, has he ever done one of those recordings where he talks you to sleep? Because I feel like he would be <laughs> the ultimate. <laughs> he definitely needs to get into that. That's uh, market. God damn. Well, that's, that's cool. Really what was funny. it? It was called fireball fireball visitors from darker okay. worlds. Right. Um, highly recommend that uh, another documentary I watched was called the phenomenon. And I think it's on video on demand right now. It's narrated by Peter coyote, who we love. Um, yeah. he did our Tony, Near Sony tour video. Yeah. Yep. Sony video. Um, and um, the phenomenon is a, a UFO documentary, which I'm always in for UFO stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, so much of the UFO stuff is so silly. It's, you know, it's the History right. Channel bullshit. And it's, it's it, you know, right. the 90s and 2000s were just full of all of this UFO, like, garbage. And this takes a much more straightforward, informative approach to, okay, here's as close as it can be to like an objective look at all of the evidence and all of the uh, instances of supposed contact um, and all of the photographs that are purported, I mean, that are relatively sure or sure that they're not doctored Um, Mm -hmm. and the government involvement. There's a lot of interviews with very high ranking like Obama officials and, you know, administration officials uh, and then dating even further back um just how the government is or isn't involved in you know the stuff that we hear um yeah, and yeah. so i highly recommend that it's called the phenomenon it's pretty good isn't it wild to marinate on on how much of this stuff how much he may or may not know uh, that trump might know about visitors from other that's one of the main points in this documentary <laughs> is that presidents do not necessarily know anything and bill clinton yeah, he's in the documentary, not directly interviewed, but I think they have some sound bites from him over the years where he's like, I was embarrassed, but at some point during my presidency, I asked and right. they said, uh, shut up, you know, or whatever. Like, he, you know, he they, he's <laughs> well, like, because they come and they go, right? I, you know what I mean? Listen, if we learned exactly from presidents come Day. and go. Yeah. And it doesn't yeah. matter if we learned anything from it because that movie was fun, but uh, it's <laughs> right. plausible deniability. Yes, yes, exactly. You know, that is the term. Why give them Why that information? They're four years or they're eight years, <laughs> yeah, exactly. as opposed to an agency that is, you know, credited with keeping the, the right, secrets. Right. Um, it's it's very interesting. Uh, anyway, so watch that. Um, and then uh, another documentary I watched on HBO Max, which just came out the other day, is called On the Record. Um, mm. it's about the Russell Simmons, um, rape allegations, which have been, uh, you know, ongoing right. for a few years now. Um, but it's probably the most important thing to watch right now. If you're, if you have the, the wherewithal to watch something that is so, you know, disturbing in terms yeah. of, you yeah, know, very festive. I, who cares about <laughs> Russell Simmons? I know that people in the right. entertainment right. business do and people in the music business do, but like, I don't, you know, I don't care the, essentially these documentaries about all of these, you know, me too, um, you know, stories and, and parts of that movement are yeah. just important to watch because you've got 20 people that are alleging, rape from him or i think rape right. or okay. know, at some point it becomes a cause and, and, and it's right. like Where yeah it's like, and you're just and he continues to deny all of it and uh, right. they're all crazy right. and you're like these are fucking professional women that are in the industry like what do they have to gain from th- you know what i mean they're not yeah. getting anything yeah. from this um so anyways that's a that's a, it's not a, a very light 
you know con- concept for a, a holiday you know uh, episode but uh, on the yeah. record very yeah. important and it's on hbo max um and then i did watch some fun movies but uh, why don't you talk about some of the stuff you're, you're you've been watching first yeah i definitely went on we definitely went on a little uh holiday uh, yeah. uh dive here um we we had watched christmas chronicles a couple of years back yeah and we watched part two of i that. did too yeah um and that's you know um, uh, appropriately corny and fun and light um, for holiday movies. I don't know how other people feel about holiday movies. I mean, if there's a time, you know, of the year that I'm looking for something that's unapologetically, yes. you know, full of heart and it doesn't yes. really matter that it's, you know, a little ridiculous. Uh, holiday movies are the time. So Christmas Chronicles 2, it was just fun to watch Kurt Russell, oh. one, be Santa Claus again because yes. he's just a great, you know, in terms of embodying a character, you can tell he's having fun. But also to see him uh, with Goldie Hawn uh, 100%, um, as Mrs. Yeah. Claus was a lot of fun because they're um, obviously – uh, uh, legends in the American uh, yes. film industry. Um, and then uh, we also did, um, I, I never saw, I guess there was a first one of these, but um, Jess had seen both of them. I watched Bad Mom's Christmas with Jess from, oh, I think, came out last I year. I haven't seen that, but Matt, I liked Bad Moms a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually, okay, it was cool. actually really fun. Um, it, you know what? And it, and it is, I, I guess it's, um, it I don't know if it condemns our society or whatever. <laughs> I don't want to get into like a big subject, but it was actually just really fun to see like, the characters being the moms just constantly being like, oh, fuck this. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, cause you really do realize while you're watching it that, oh, wow, we, we never see this. Like, we no. never see the female mom character do the thing that Vince Vaughn does, right. you know, when he's the dad right. in the movie where he's just like, oh, fuck a duck, you yeah. know, like yeah, something yeah. ridiculous. And you get so much of it in, uh, in it's Bad very Mom's satisfying. Christmas. Yeah. We also watched, uh, Claws from last year, I guess, or the year before that animated one. Um, oh, it's just kind I of the origin story yeah. of Chris Kringle. I, people loved that movie, man. Mm-hmm. It's highly ranked. I, it was fine, yeah. but I, I just, there was nothing, you know, that I'm like, oh man, you got to see this one. I was a little bit, disappointed sure there was a classic that i had never seen that jess had seen and loved uh that we watched um have you ever seen the shop around the corner it's you got mail the original oh. before they remade it um but it's no, built around holiday i, I don't think so what Jimmy year Stewart. is that oh man probably For- like 40s? 40 yeah, yeah 40 something yeah 46 i'm maybe, vaguely aware of it but that's cool yeah yeah it's i mean it's a sweet movie it, it's one of the you know, those early kind of rom-coms that kind of invented the rom-com that we know now mm-hmm. um obviously you got mail is the the remake so sure. or the reimagining um but it, it's a cute movie it's a very sweet movie um and then the other one um as far as the holiday stuff that we watched is uh what is it the happiest season it's the Kristen i watched that Stewart. too yeah so what did you think about that well so we could talk for a lot a while about this one but i yeah. i um watched it on 500 Thanksgiving words with laurie <laughs> and it was it was um I enjoy the cast so much and that's what draws you into that movie right. you're just like okay right. i like all of these people quite a bit um, but I found it, um, I didn't not like it, but I was frustrated by how shitty everyone was, you know, everyone, <laughs> like virtually every single character just sucked yeah. uh, except for Dan Levy's character. Uh, and right. even, even right. he's out there killing fish, yeah. you know, yeah. you're just like, everyone <laughs> kind of sucks in that movie. Um, yeah. But, but funny. Um, okay, so I, I think we. But everyone had the else same... was not really that funny. And Kristen Stewart's never particular. She's always kind of the straight person, and sometimes right. that works. And in this case, no pun intended. In this case, she is <laughs> um, is fine, but without her kind of normal straight character, uh, it, it's even more annoying. I, you know, it's yeah. like I yeah. 
I don't know. Um, I, I think we had a similar similar thought about it. And, you know, Jess was defending this movie to me saying, which I think is very true. I think at the end of the day, you and I and a lot of people that we know want this movie to succeed and be good for yeah. other reasons. Like, it's like, okay, right. this is underrepresented. We're finally doing a movie like this. It's just a regular holiday movie, but it's taking on a subject that just isn't represented as much on screen, at least not in like holiday movies, because right. usually you're on the Hallmark channel and you've got to be kind of the, you know, the status quo and the, the classic family setup right. or whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, even though that's true and you want to support it, um, I kept thinking, you know, these people, same as you, are so awful. It's It wasn't really, you know, Jess was saying, well, a lot of people face this and a lot of people who are gay face this with it. I get that. I get that in, in theory, right, and the concept, how it works. Right. But the way things were portrayed, I had a real issue with the tone of yeah. the movie and the acting, yeah. like who's directing the actors. Because it was because negative. The, well, it, and also right? the characters were coming off almost like to the level of meet the parents awful. Uh-huh. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, where like, it's like it, it was like a real feral comedy. Yeah. Where, yeah. you know, it's, I've met these people too. I have a lot of friends who are actually sure. this way and think this way and everything else. And there's some real wickedness there in my opinion. Yeah. However, it's a little more subtle. Like they're, they're real. The Correct. digs they took are not the digs that are like, Oh, you're ugly. And then walk off. It's more like, kind of a subtle like oh it doesn't occur to this person they're being rude mm-hmm. but they, but they're but the way it was like mary steenberg in particular she would say stuff that it's impossible that it wouldn't occur to you right. that was rude you know right. what i mean like we needed her to say stuff She's like that vicious. was rude yeah right like when they were at the table and they were like so tough that choice of life tough on their family that i bought like that right. kind of thing the right. underhanded comment if we had a bunch of that that's one thing but then like just walking in and giving someone a look and being like you know yeah over and over and over again, whatever the statements are. I just, ultimately, I didn't buy it. And because of that. I'm with you. Them, them, and spoiler alert, but them turning at the end and making those those choices that do kind of fill your heart and the whole purpose of it. I didn't buy that turn. That turn right. happened in 30 seconds. And they had been so evil. And then it the sister character was kind of left out. Reversal, you know, yeah. Yeah, she was fun. She was great. But yeah. she's on a different planet. She's almost doing Nick Cage performance compared to everyone planet. else. Yeah. So there was just a bunch of, I thought it was all over the place and I wanted to like it more than I did, but I thought the execution just wasn't, yes. um, wasn't good enough. The, the, so part, that's kind of the, the parts are there for it to be very good, but, um, and it's sweet. And the, le- the, the, the speech at the end and talking yeah. about, you know, my dad didn't talk to me for 20 years and your parents supported you from the beginning. And this right. will be something in the middle. Very nice. That yeah. stuff all matters. And that's yes. the reason you make the movie. And that scene hit great. And it even was just the setup for Mackenzie Davis, who obviously is the love interest, uh, yeah. you know, opposite uh, Kristen Stewart. Mackenzie Davis is a very good actor. Like I'm right. a big fan. Right. She's the reason I watched the movie more than all these other people. I just think she's amazing. She's in Halt and Catch Fire, which was one of my favorite shows mm-hmm. right. for those seasons. And um, and she's she's very underrated. And we don't get to see her do anything other than be shitty. Yeah, she was not likable for the That's whole what I told Jess movie. Too. And then yep. at the end, we get, you know, the speech and she right. kind of right. redeems it. But like you just said, you're, it's been so long dealing with her being shitty that you don't buy that she's been, you know, uh, forgiven. Um, and the things you, do, you don't even want Kristen Stewart to be with her by the end. Like no. I told Jess, I was like, I'm not rooting for them to get together. L- Laurie said is... she needs to end up with Aubrey Plaza. And right. when, when she said right. that, I was like, yeah. oh, bunch of people that would that. be the thing that would make this movie good. Because we've seen movies where, especially yeah. Christmas movies or holiday movies where, 
people are like growing apart and then they right, find right. someone else and you're like, oh, that's this movie. Right. Jess's parents also said that and that was the first I thought about it. And I was like, but oh, then, yeah, that makes sense. But you know, so you're dumb. right. And yeah. and there were so many things you could excuse because of like all the pressure and like we talked about, like that was the point. It was like, oh, they're under so much pressure and she's acting bad. But but when the only right. information you're given about her is, oh, she still leaves you alone and goes and hangs out with her ex-boyfriend and, and then is <laughs> right. rude to you on text and in right. the morning is like, get off my back. When all like you just needed to le- either leave those extra moments out or not tell us the only thing about her in high school, which had nothing to do with her parents, was because of her friends and peer pressure. She destroyed her yeah. first love's life, right? right? Like in high school. Like when you get all those things, you're like... It's hardcore. No, yeah. separate completely from her being a lesbian and dealing with this, you know, religious kind of culture and like judgment, judgmental culture. Separate from that, she's just an asshole like or right. selfish, right? Right. Like we got too much of that. And it really started from the very beginning with her like... It didn't seem drunkenly. It just seemed happily inviting her girlfriend, right. lover, live-in partner it, to it, Christmas it, and then immediately being like, that, no, I didn't want to do you're that. You're like, oh, that is a weird moment. You know, she did this and now she's uh, trying to undo that invite. Right, it, right. it is odd. It's she's all just very a bad odd. character. She's right, not somebody exactly. to root for. Yet so. she's supposed to be the one that we, we are happy yeah. with yeah. in the end. Um, I mean, well, well, f- far be it for us to uh, dudes to <laughs> talk about this. Yeah, but no, it, I know. It, it, I know. Uh, all I know. of these things are just like strong feelings that, that I had and we had. And at the same time, it's not particularly a bad movie. It is just um, – it's not like I didn't like it. And I, I, I don't mind movies that are kind of negative and down either. You know, it, it, I don't shy away from that. It's just – it just felt a little frustrating. There um, were things that were hard to get past. Um, if I can real quickly yeah, springboard off of the Kristen Stewart thing, though, yes. I also got a, finally got around to watching Underwater, Fuck which yeah. you had recommended you to me for a while. Dug it. Yeah, really, oh, really so enjoyed good. it. So um, good. So yeah, good. It was just a fun, crazy while. Yes. Uh, it took I'm gonna two watch seconds it to start and then just ran the entire time. Yes, yes. Um, it, was a, it was a good one. Uh, enjoyed that one a lot. And then the only other thing that I guess this is technically still – Holiday E, but it's not really a holiday uh, movie. We watched the uh, the new version, I guess, from last year of Black Christmas. Oh, I um, haven't watched that yet. Was which is like good? a remake, but it's not really based on what the original Black Christmas was, which was right. a little more like Halloween um, set at Christmas time. But this one was like kind of a supernatural thing. Um, and I thought it was fun, man. It, it's you know, it's a B movie for sure, uh, yeah. and doesn't try to be anything else. But um, but it, but it was a fun one too. So that pretty much uh, wraps it for me on the on the movie part. No, that's cool. I um got around to uh let's see. I got around to uh a recent movie called The Broken Hearts Gallery that was in theaters for the last few months and now it's on VOD and everything. And that's a cute movie. If you just want like a cute love story, you know, the people in it are in their mid to late 20s, so it's like a little bit younger than us, but um okay. you know, uh, it's a it's a love story and it's very cute. Um, so it's just kind of, you know, feel goody kind of love, love story. Um, and then, uh, I got around to a few miscellaneous holiday movies. Uh, we obviously watched Batman returns, uh, together the other night over zoom. Um, but another one that's kind of a sleeper, a Christmas movie is six days, seven nights starts at Christmas, you know, and they're away on a Christmas vacation. And so Laurie (laughs) had never think about that. Exactly. Yeah. Laurie had never seen it. So we watched that and that was very fun. So great. Um, six days, seven nights has my all time favorite frustrated line. And no one could deliver it like I just Harrison want Ford. One thing to go right, <laughs> coming out of the bush, yeah, with yeah. the finger sticking up, yep. yeah, one goddamn thing to go right. He's it's perfect. so it's a good. Perfect line. He's so good in that movie. I love it. 
Um, anyways, love that one. Uh, we watched Home Alone also. Uh, oh, yeah, and um, yesterday, uh, Laurie and I watched uh, all three Star Wars sequels. We watched Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and Rise of Skywalker in oh, a row wow. together. How was that? She had never seen any of them, and she's a pretty good. She's a pretty good Star Wars fan. She's a decent mm-hmm. side, you know, right. decent caliber Star Wars fan. But she, like you, I think you guys will get along here. She was like, I'm when these excited. started coming out, she was just like, I don't think I can do it. <laughs> she was yeah. just like, I can't bring myself to. It. And she's just like, then it just became a thing that I wasn't doing and wasn't going to do, wasn't going to entertain. Mm. But she's mm. like, I think I'm ready now because with the Mandalorian, <laughs> she's been watching that and everything. It's so, so much fun, um, you know. So uh, I think we'll she liked them, and more. she said uh, she. Uh, this is just her initial response, but Rise of Skywalker was her favorite, so that's interesting. Um, um, oh, okay. So the yeah. fun, okay, all right, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, um, as a whole, the three. Did you guys talk about like how? Well, in my opinion, how much they don't work together as a trilogy, or so did that come up at all? Here's or? the thing: I don't know when. I, I would tend to agree with you generally. Uh, and we did talk a lot about all the little nuances to how these came out. And she was like, yeah, of course, if these were two years apart and I had to wait between them, it would have been very right, frustrating right. and everything. Um, I've never watched them all together, but watching them all I mean, to-, I to be honest, watching them all together gave me a significantly different perspective and it felt like one movie to me. Wow. Okay. Cause that's my biggest thing with the new ones. Is the the I, sort of un, no direction swinging back and I, forth? And I, standing alone, I think they almost they work so much better standing alone as just single films to me because they're well made movies um, than the prequels. But I've just never felt like there was ever an the way that you're thing. describing the uneven kind of tone or pacing or obviously storylines even of the three. I wouldn't be surprised if. That's how you could describe the original trilogy if you had waited years in between them, Mm. because those all three are very different in and of themselves. And it's only now and through our upbringing that we watched them all together always. Mm. I mean, you were a little bit younger, but by the time you were born, they were all out. Oh, for sure. For sure. So I I saw them as a trilogy. I watched them. I one. I. And that's exactly why yesterday I was like, I want to do this because I want to know how, you know, y- you watch them yeah. because watching them all together without stopping, um, there are some more, it, it felt like tonal parallels to, be, because when you just step back and you go, okay, the first one's kind of this introducing story, the middle For one's sure. like slow. Uh-huh. And more thoughtful. And then the third one is the big battle and, you know, and kind of silly. And that's exactly how you would describe the original trilogy also. Even though I'm making big strokes here, broad broad strokes, it still is accurate to how we would describe the original trilogy. So I just, I would watch them all together at some point and see. We have to press the pause button on this because this will be a really long discussion that we'll have (laughs) in another podcast where we have, because we have more things on this one. Right. Um, I I would be surprised if this is the way I feel, but I'm totally down. I have not watched them together. Right. Um, and I'm, I'm totally down to do it before I have, um, have any more comments on it. But, um, but I will say I've been loving Mandalorian and oh, so good. Uh, the, the nice thing about Mandalorian is it really has, I, I'm, I've talked to you about this a lot. I'm more cynical now than I ever thought I would be. And I try uh-huh. not to be cynical, but, um, but also it's nice every now and again to have something introduced that I'm like, okay, 
this is not just that I'm older and more cynical. Um, there are things that I just don't think have been done as well. Yes. And you give me something I think is done well, and I'm all on board immediately again. I'm oh, not 100%. just like off completely. So um, did you have any more movies before we – because that's kind of TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, it's like so I'm not a complete asshole. Let me mention two movie things really okay. quick. I mean, we've been in the middle of this like so-called uh, private detective or private eye run on on my movie night on Friday. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we watched Harper, which I really enjoyed. We watched Ghost in the Shell, which we watched the Japanese version with English subtitles. And yeah. watching that as a group where you have to read 100% of the movie was difficult. Mm, and it is a very fast-paced movie with <laughs> right. lots of information. So it was actually right. a struggle. I had never seen that Ghost in the Shell original, but I... Um, I enjoyed it. It just was a lot. And okay. I think I need to watch it like 10 more times to really appreciate it. Um, and then the one we did last night or two nights ago was Mulholland Drive, which is really not a cool. detective movie either. Um, but I don't think any it's of us knew else, yeah. what the movie, because we're picking movies we've never seen. So how can you right. really know right. what they are? Um, and we just like went off of lists that said, oh, here are some good like private detective movies. Um <laughs> Mulholland Drive is one of many Lynch movies that I hadn't seen. Um, I'm just a huge Twin Peaks fan, and um, and I'm slowly getting through his movies. Yeah, but yeah. I loved Mulholland Drive very much. Not everybody in the group did, but I loved it. Um, and I, I think it'll be hard to find because when you when you mix Lynch with the the whole LA story that it's yeah, telling, yeah. I just don't know that anything will delight me as much as that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. of anything because just tone just fair. tonally and subject wise i don't think i'll be as on board so i think Mulholland right. drive is is really up there for me uh loved um, it very much the uh you, you guys haven't gotten around to um Maltese falcon yet right? no we're doing two more we're doing zero effect next week which is the ben stiller movie i mentioned that I none yeah. of us have seen um and then the next week is Maltese falcon so okay I think that's kind of the classic one. When I think about the private eye movie, yeah. that's kind of the classic one. And then Chinatown is the other one that pops up. And I know why you know, that's not a great one. We, but we also, we I think about. everyone yeah. had seen Chinatown. So we were just like, right. You right. know what? We're not, we're going to do, we're, we're going to sure. do new ones. But one that is, a, I think about Blade Runner the same oh, way. Though. Sure. It's the yeah. future sci-fi one. Kind of like you guys. Did same deal. We anyway. talked about all that. It's, it was really just about filling it with stuff we hadn't seen. Um, but one that Austin watched off the group that is a, private detective movie that he was like, you should really check this out is eight millimeter. And I had never seen eight millimeter yeah. ever. And oh, so yeah. he was like, he knew that it would be my kind of movie, which it, it is. Um, but what I loved about it was that it's like, it's a 90 late nineties, Nick cage movie that I yeah. hadn't seen. Yeah. And we've talked about like discovering things where you're like, Oh shit, that's great. Yeah. And to yeah. me, that was just so wonderful to watch Nick cage in the, in the, kind of era that we love him from for so many things for sure. even though for sure. he's he's pretty straight in this movie there's not uh, he's not you know overdoing it too much but right, joel right. schumacher is not a particularly good director <laughs> he's like you know he rests in <laughs> yeah, peace joel yeah. schumacher but yeah. he he's okay he's made some things that i like more like falling down but he's made also oh, batman yeah, and robin so you know it's all relative <laughs> um which we love but you know eight millimeter <laughs> as yeah as austin uh explained he's like you know it's it's a Fincher content. It's the guy who wrote seven. Yeah. 
No, it is. But directed by Schumacher, so it's... That's the person who should have made that movie. Of course, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but it is still really uh, satisfying and really enjoyed it. Uh, and the cast is amazing. You know, you get like Kevin yeah, Keener great, and all these people. Uh, yeah. James Gandolfini's in it. Anyways, it is great. Well, you know, um, Brick and Under the Silver Lake, right, which we talked about on a past pod, sure. are also, they kind of fall into this in terms of kind of new, you know, different different ways to tell it but mm-hmm. the same thing it's just a private eye yep. story yep. told about a slacker high schooler absolutely or yeah those are good those are good examples yeah so anyway um okay so yeah let's let's uh segue into tv you already started talking about mandalorian which you know yeah every episode is just like better and better and the most recent one from friday um i you know i i haven't watched all of the cartoons so i got some knowledge yeah. gaps yeah. there but uh but essentially i get it and um and it's it's great. Uh, I love it. Yeah, it's like I was talking to Jess about this. She was trying to decide which one is her favorite from this season, mm-hmm. and basically she couldn't settle between the third, fourth, or fifth one, I guess. And I was like, you know, no matter what, what so you yeah. say about it, yeah, if you can't decide which episode is your favorite one, that's right. when you know they're doing it right. right. And and this, once again, is not reinventing the wheel. I mean, they're just I know, it's so telling basic. stories well in a world that we like. Right. And it's, it's again, like you know, I was just saying, I don't want to be the cynical guy who can't enjoy anything. It's like, you know, where people can actually say to me, are you even a Star Wars fan? Like you, you dislike more stuff in Star Wars than you like. And that does like bother me. You know what I mean? But once again, I mean, this is kind of nice to be reminded that no, I'm, I'm, I'm really a fan and I want to enjoy all of this. It's just, I'm They've just some made things so many like some things I don't weird yeah, choices my honest opinion. and uh, things that right. we don't connect with. Like you said, it, it is by, from a from a percentage standpoint, there is far more that's not good than there is good right. uh, at this right. point. So uh, it's such yeah. a bummer. But I think uh, you know, thank thankfully, uh, you know, uh, uh, what are their names? <laughs> John Favreau and Jane, John and, Favreau. And, yeah, and, uh, they're Filoni, rolling right along. Taika Waititi. No, know what's going involved. on. Um, speaking of Star Wars, this is a perfect segue. Did you watch the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Of course they did. <laughs> okay, so talk about playing. Talk about playing the hits, man. Right. <laughs> Let's leap to every I, scene. That yeah, exactly. Like. <laughs> I was more frustrated by this than probably any of the other Star Wars content in recent years because I was like, okay, yeah. so they're choosing to retell uh, essentially all of these stories. Uh, the majority of the dialogue in the scenes that they're mm-hmm. jumping around to is not even correct you know they're just paraphrasing these scenes and then you have this weird mixture of voice artists you know copying the actors and then some of the real actors and it's like okay they got a girl doing ray's voice that is doing a pretty good job and then all the other characters are like not such a good job and then you have like rose uh played by the actor who played Rose, you know, and it, and, and a few, and like Anthony Daniels, I think is, you know, doing C3PO and, mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. it's a weird like hybrid thing. And of course, I, I guess we're supposed to go, okay, well it's a kid thing and it's a holiday special thing, which doesn't have a good track record and it's Lego. <laughs> so it, doesn't need to be good, but then it's like, but you realize the Lego movie was amazing. Batman Lego movie was amazing. Lego movie two was great. Like, 
It felt like the laziest quick spin out thing that they've done. So um, I mean, it lazy. was just very clearly, and I kind of turned it. We watched the whole thing. Of course, I, I did too. Kind of yeah. turned to Jess about two thirds of the way through, and I was like, "I have to forget." You really, are just kind of bouncing from you know from <laughs> scene that we Ugh. like to scene that we like. Where it was kind very. Of, uh, it, I mean, it, look, man, it, it's. I didn't expect much of it, yeah. but I was hoping it would be something a little more in line with like. You know, Robot Chicken had already done that. Done I was just going to say, th- th- if they hadn't, I, <laughs> then this would have been interesting. But when you, yeah. when Robot yeah. Chicken did it like 15 years ago, how can you Three different do times. this? How, and, and for that <laughs> yeah. matter, uh, Family Guy did too. They oh, both Family did all great. of the content, you know? So uh, it's very frustrating. Right. Very frustrating. Right. Um, yeah. And, and <laughs> just furthers our point that like Disney doesn't know what they're doing with the Star Wars franchise. Right. They're allowing right. things Trying like this to, to be out. made. Um, so speaking of uh, animation, did you watch any of Animaniacs? Yeah, we have. It's pretty good, man. Watched a couple episodes. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I I grew up watching Animaniacs, so I I dug it. But, um, you know, they had... They had me from that whole Jurassic yeah, Park opening. An I mean, that was intro. so brilliantly done. Yep. Um, we liked the the second one. We watched two of them, so we yeah. liked the second the one better than Odyssey the first one. Odyssey one or the the yeah. Greek gods one. Yeah. Right. Uh, right. Really cracked me up. Yep. Although the um the you know the whole idea of the don't waste your first lines back after it's this much time so that gag good. really cracked me so up. So good. Um, wait wait wait. Anyway. Don't say anything. You got to make it good. <laughs> yeah, make it good. We've already all, ruined yeah. Ours. We ruined ours. Yeah. You got to say it really. <laughs> very smart it's uh great it's fun stuff um, and then just their whole play in the second one on the you know social media and stuff mm-hmm. taking over the world for oh, God, brain yes. was you know God, felt yes. it was a little scary like, but i know how really to do this too. now um yeah exactly. so two more christmas specials that i watched um the minions christmas special was on on friday <laughs> didn't see that really one. good if you one. can find it on it was on nbc i don't know what, what it's on now but um okay uh you know it's a quick 30 minute little christmas special and it's really not a christmas special as much as it's uh, four like five minute short films of the minions right and i love the minions they're very cute so talking about just like cute fun christmas stuff Mm -hmm. they're not even really christmas themed necessarily but um highly recommend that uh if you like the minions um and the uh casey musgraves christmas special from last year i don't know if you guys have seen that but casey musgraves is a country artist she's a very very famous country artist and she did a Christmas special with a bunch of um, special guests. And so it's some singing and some skits sort of, you know, stuff. And it's yeah. beautiful mm-hmm. and very, very well done. And uh, her, she's got a lot of original songs. It's a mix of original songs and, you know, Christmas classics. And uh, just a great group of people visiting. And uh, okay. I love it. It's on Amazon, I think. Free on okay. Amazon. Um, got that. Casey Musgraves Christmas special. Check that out. Really good music. Okay. Right on. Right um, on. Let's see. Uh, I watched Challenger, The Final Flight. Oh, yeah. Did you watch oh. all of that? Oh, no. It's but it, it gives me chills devastating. every time I think about that one. And yeah. I highly recommend it for its merit for telling this story giving you lots i gotta of, wait till i'm ready for that one i've known i would watch it the whole time but i'm just my, my mom was like i can't <laughs> i can't do it i, I can't i'm right not now, i yeah. can't do it and i and i exactly and i was like well please do at some point because it 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 is it is devastating it's more devastating than i could have ever thought it would be and yeah. it's extremely well made and it's got lots of information in it and it's a short four short four episodes, you know, for like one hour or whatever episodes or maybe less. Right. Um right. but obviously I wasn't alive when that happened and I'm a big fan of the space uh, you know, uh 
yeah, agencies yeah, and our our uh, you know country's uh, relationship to space, but it's uh, pretty pretty wild and shocking and interesting mm-hmm. um, and yeah. uh, and devastating. Um, I watched um, <laughs> I'm, or here's two that I'm continuing to watch. Uh, Fargo is almost done. I don't know if you've talked to our buddy Adam about it at all because he was a big Fargo fan from previous seasons. He's a huge fan. I haven't talked this to him about this season. This season is such garbage, and I'm continuing to watch it because I'm like yeah, you told me giving that. it yeah. the benefit of the doubt. But there's only one more episode. I've if I've endured ten hours of this, and there's one more. And I, I guess I shouldn't say it's garbage. It's not particularly garbage, but relative to the other seasons, I just I almost hate it, and I can't huh. figure out how they miss well, the mark so much. Actually, was it was it you or was it Adam? Because maybe I did talk to him about it. Who said it's not their fault, but they see Chris Rock so much as Chris Rock that it's hard to I, it's hard um, to watch him. And that might have been him. I feel like, like I you know, didn't say tough. that, um, but okay. that's so I think true. That might have been Adam, and I think but, if that was Adam that said that, it's not only that. I mean, what what you said that's true, but. It also doesn't help that he's not a great actor. <laughs> like if he mm, was a great right. actor great performer, and then we were just seeing his actor. face, that would yeah. be one thing. Yeah. But he's also not very strong. So unfortunately, so um, mm. that's a bummer. Um, well, he's skinny. And I'm not very strong uh, anymore. So. The How To With John Wilson, which is like my favorite new show. That was just six episodes. Uh-huh. That's the Nathan Fielder produced show. Um, that just ended. And I highly recommend watching those on HBO there was also a Nathan Fielder like quick segment that he did on YouTube that it feels like Nathan for you. It's, it's so there's so much good stuff there. I really, really, you gotta, you gotta check it out. Um, and then the last thing I'll say on TV is that discovery continues. We're on like episode six or seven. Yeah. I'm still, and, um, God, I hate it. (laughs) It's just (laughs) like they had me in that first episode. I was like, Oh, it's coming back. strong. They they figured it out. They figured out the formula and blah, blah, blah. And then it like has been a nonstop, like nosedive virtually every episode since in my opinion. You know, once again, we'll talk more about star Trek on a, on a, on, you know, continuing pods and a lot of them, but just quickly, I will say, I, I think there's such a thing as having too many ideas yes. for, for a certain thing and not being able to kind of narrow your focus and hone in on what you're trying to do. Right. And when you think about Discovery now within three seasons, right? Yeah. We've we've done what Voyager did. We've time traveled. Well, not, not I guess not. They didn't time travel, but, you know, we're, we're in a different place. Like right. we've shot off and now we're the one we're crew disconnected. that's alone. Yeah, and we don't yeah. have. Yeah, we're yep. disconnected in that yep. way. Um, we've taken the time travel elements of a lot of episodes of Trek, but made it a full thing. Yeah. We started as a prequel series and now we're after everything that we saw series. Yeah. We introduced the dark matter jump, which, you know, it's new you and mean it's, the mycelial it's, um, ju- yeah, the, the, it's yeah, creative yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. but also, you know, everybody who is a Star Trek fan and fell in love with Star Trek, the warp thing is kind of the thing we all love. So what it would almost be like, we can't beam anymore, but look at this cool thing we invented in place of beaming. Does anyone really want that or does everyone still just kind of want beaming? Do you, right. know, do you know what I mean? Right. Like, and then in addition to that, introducing the mirror universe and all of that, which is another old <laughs> yes. Star Trek thing, you know, you and oh, and sorry, but oh, yeah, you can keep the going. Entire second season where, yeah, she's jumping because all of the, existence the red is angel gonna be wiped out because right. of AI. And when the you whole think first season was things, also a Klingon it, war, the Klingon yeah, wars. Oh, oh, God. I mean, you go, See, it goes on and on and on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like. 
the lack of direct. And again, sorry, man. I, you know, I haven't, I'll rewatch them all together, but similar to the new Star Wars trilogy, which certainly isn't as all over the place as this. Sure. It's not TV and right, it's right, multiple right. episodes, but it's kind of like at a certain point, you just get so convoluted yes. that even if you do bring it back, it, you know, it's, it's exactly like the, the, the Kristen Stewart Christmas movie. It's like at a certain point, even if you execute it perfectly and stick the landing, I don't care anymore the ride because we've so gotten like off track so many times. Yeah. yeah I'm annoyed. Like yeah, I'm, I haven't yeah. been enjoying this anymore. Yes. I'm, I'm like, and, and also it's hard for me to wrap my head around it, not because it's brilliant, you know, and there's a lot of ideas just yeah. because there's a lot of stuff that it's hard to keep my head wrapped around. So that's the big thing I'll note. I'll say on the new Star Trek. I it's mean, just, you hit all that on the head. Know it, where you're going. It, it is so convoluted. And, um, and I had a thought, this is very much like a specific opinion and probably is not even fair to say, but after watching, um, all the Scientology shit, you know, TV shows and everything, all the Leah Remini stuff, and then watching the um, the the two documentaries about Nexium that just ended, um, and that right. those that cult stuff. Um, there's one connective thread through cults, which is n- not being able to step back and see the the you know, the situation or the forest through the trees or whatever the, the, th- the right, statement right. is. And in this case, it feels like the people that make discovery and I'm really not trying to offend them as much as I'm just trying to m- make an observation that it seems like they're so tightly connected and woven together as writers and as producers and as a cast that they do not know that they are in this mess and they think that everything they're doing is uh, righteous and in in service of this good story and like a person on the outside is watching this and it just feels like a train wreck it feels like this yeah. massive train yeah. wreck and you're like how can you not see it and it just feels like the same thing that you would say to someone in a cult where you just be like how can you not see this and i just feel like they probably go to work every day and they're like yeah this is great great content great stuff we're really we're really making wonderful look at all the elements people have liked before we've got all of them right exactly exactly (laughs) yeah we put it all in and it's just like you're so off base exactly exactly and so i think you hit it on the head that it's just you you have too many ideas and if there's one thing that we've learned from mandalorian is that you don't need a lot of ideas you just need this the world and right. very simple stories focus on what you don't and you also don't need you don't always need an a and a b and a c and a d story and that's probably yeah. something that yeah. I, i'm not a writer but correct me if i'm wrong it feels like mandalorian doesn't really do that they don't entertain yeah, no, for sure multiple storylines sure. i mean star wars yeah, star, they don't even have a b story most that's of what time. i'm saying star trek <laughs> yeah. always did there was generally mm-hmm. always in tng an a and a b and sometimes and most a c TV does most TV exactly does. but it's worth recognizing that you kind of don't necessarily need to, you know, well, there's also, isn't an AB and even C story. I mean, there, there's are there's just a bunch of different through lines. Like you, through you lines. can't differentiate yeah, yeah, yeah. which one would be the A storyline. No, not at you know, all. I mean, I guess Michael, wherever she is, would be the A technically, 
But I mean, it just varies and it switches and it overlaps so many times and then they kind of abandon one and another one starts. And, and do they really it, think that we're following all of this? Like that we're actually engaged right, and following right. each of these, right. like engaged. you said, through lines? Because if they do, they're fucking high. Like there's no human that's like totally <laughs> right. dialed in and paying attention to all of the storylines, which is also well, why something like The Ready Room, which Will Wheaton hosts where he sits there and kisses all right. their asses, um, you're like, you don't get it either. Fuck you. You, I mean, not that you don't get it, but you don't, there's no way that you're engaged with all of these concepts at the same time. I think time. having him host that <laughs> yeah. right off the bat was kind of the, I mean, listen, I'm, again, I try to guard against being the cynic, but there's also a I'm danger okay in having <laughs> just the, having just the fan yes. who no matter what is going to, isn't this great guys? Who's already part of not. the family, you know? Yeah. He's not and, gonna he's shit so, on and, and he's so angry that everyone didn't like his character from next generation or that he got any hate mail. I mean, he brings it up every sure. interview and listen, man, I never disliked his character. No, I not, thought it was not, cool to not have a young a kid. I'm just saying fans have a right to not like stuff too. They're yes. tuning in. And while I think that can, that can get too much and that can be too much of a pushback and yeah, we've got a culture that just wants to nitpick everything to pieces right. at the same time, being dismissive of that, mm-hmm. uh, I think is dangerous. And you know, that kind of pat yourself on the back. That's, that's where you get into George Lucas prequel mode. Yes. I think where it's like, yes. no one, everyone's afraid to tell you maybe this isn't that good. Um, but like I Anyways. said, w- when, when this season ends, I'm sure we'll talk more yes. about it. And obviously we're going to have a lot of Star Trek talk going forward. Yeah. Um, there were a couple other TV things I wanted oh, yeah, to throw real quick. Cause I watched more TV than anything. Um, it's, uh, keeping it with specials. Um, one, uh, on Thanksgiving, watch the Macy's day parade, oh, yeah. uh, which is the first thing that put me in the the spirit of the holidays sure. this year. I mean, it's been more of a struggle, I think, this year than yeah. normal. But it was a nice little sentimental kick. Did not realize it was the 94th annual Macy's Day Parade. So we will witness the 100th um, mm-hmm. and not very long, uh, which right. is kind of cool. Uh, 100th Oscars is coming up pretty yeah. soon. I'm very happy that neither of the 100th anniversary things are happening this year. Right. <laughs> because if you think about like Macy's Day, 100th anniversary being this year would have sucked. And uh, sure. the Oscars coming up, 100th year would have been would have sucked. Um, but also uh, South Park pandemic special. I don't know if you watched yeah, that of course one. I did. Um, just I'm not going to go on about the story. Just you know, if you like South Chin Park, you'll dig it. <laughs> just yeah, just as funny as as all of their stuff. Just as great. I love it so much. Um, we also watched the Fresh Prince reunion on HBO. Oh, I didn't watch that. Yeah. I don't know if you watched that. No. Um, man, that was a. Uh, pretty moving really? um it, it's interesting to have them in uh, fresh prints you know I, of course i watched it growing up because of the generation i am sure. it, it's not anything that i would say man profound impact on me but what you realize when they're all sitting there one any cast getting together that spent that much time together becomes a family and you have these things and, and watching them and kind of just so openly talking about it and what it meant to them is a big thing the second thing is them talking just very truthfully and honestly about being uh entertainers of color and what that meant to the black community and having the, in the same way you hear about stuff like the Cosby show as, as fraught with issues as that is now. Um, But what that meant to people. And then man, the most compelling stuff, they bring in the original aunt Vivian, uh, who was replaced at a certain point had a huge falling out with Will Smith, and that stuff is very emotional and moving. It's worth watching. Uh-huh. I really do think it's a good reunion special if you got some time. So that's worth checking out. The other thing that Jess and I have watched on Netflix, which is uh, has been surprisingly fun. Um, have you seen the the previews for that series? We are the champions. It's um, narrated by Rain Wilson. No, what is that? It is about 
just weird stuff, like little pockets, communities that do certain things for whatever reason, right? Like the different subjects are frog jumping. There's a world champion frog jumping competition, right? Cheese rolling. Cool. Uh, in, I love it. in England, uh, they roll a, a wheel of cheese. No one can remember how it became cheese because originally, I guess it was barrels. Okay. And no one remembers why they started running down after it, but they've been doing it for like a hundred and some years. That's awesome. And they run down the steepest hill you have ever seen. <laughs> I mean, people break their legs. People shatter collarbones. I mean, things Shit. happen that are family members don't want their, their loved ones running in it. And there's this girl who's going for the record and trying to win a fourth one. Um, and she's training and learning how to fall without – because you're going to fall. You can't stay on your feet the whole way down. Uh-huh. I mean, it is straight down. They have a drone shot at the beginning that, like, flatten. it goes from looking flat to when it gets down, you see how high you are and uh-huh. how steep it is. And it will chill you to the bone. Wow. Like, thinking about running down this cliff. Kind of like um, a swordfish. <laughs> very much like – exactly. The inspiration for swordfish. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, but, man, I can't tell you how. They're just charming little specials. There's one that's about eating hot peppers and this this pepper competition where they're trying – everybody's trying to win. And it's, it's a lot like a fistful of quarters, you know, King of Kong, where you're like, you know, this doesn't matter, but – does anything matter? Like, does being world champion in basketball matter? Like, I know it's a bigger thing, and I love basketball, but it is putting a ball through a hoop. I mean, right. when, if you really want to break these things down, sure. none of it really matters. It's whatever you attach you yourself it, to. You heard it here, folks. He said in. it's putting a ball through a hoop. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Dude, but it's really fun. It's worth That's checking great. out. The The other two, um, you talked about this last time, so I won't go into great depths about this, but we watched uh, Queen's Gambit. Loved it. Yeah, uh, thought it was fantastic. It makes me want to watch um, Searching for Bobby Fisher again. I don't know if you ever oh, saw no. that one. Um, but um, And I've seen Pawn Sacrifice, and mm-hmm. you know I don't play chess, but I've seen yeah. different things with chess. But this was really... I thought the first episode take a, took a little bit to get mm-hmm. going, and then like the middle five... Um, I thought were all really solid mm-hmm. and were that alone would have been worth me telling somebody to watch it. And then the last one just stuck it oh, so well. Per- perfect ending. When we finished the ending, I was like, I have to recommend this to everybody. Yeah, that's um, so that's all I'll say about it. It was just, it's it really stunning, took it to another beautiful level. Show. Yeah. Um, and the only other thing we watched, we watched binged from beginning to end. Have you heard of truth seekers? Uh, Nick Frost, Simon Pegg. No. Um, they're like ghost hunters. Um, well, Nick Frost is and Simon Pegg plays kind of a smaller character that may or may not end up being a bigger character later on. Okay. But, um, Ian McDermott is in it. Uh, cool. it, it's, um, it's just interesting, man. It was, it was a lot better than I feel like it should have been. And sure. I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would have. And now I'm kind of on board. Cool. Um, and it's kind of underground plotty. It's very much like their kind of stuff. It's comedy, but it's like a serious adventure too. And That's a little cool. Bit scary. Yeah, yeah. I'm all in. those things. So if you get a chance I to ch- check down, out yeah. uh, True Seekers, I think it's only like five, six episodes. Um, you know, thirty minutes a piece. So it's a sure. quick watch, but a lot of fun. Um, but that's all I've got for uh, television. Unless there's that's, anything else. Uh, no, you that's talk great. About. Um, let's talk about news for a few minutes uh, before we uh, news and like upcoming stuff uh, before we get into uh, some Christmas talk. Um, so, uh, unfortunately yesterday, David Prowse died. Um, the body. Yeah. He, the body behind the most iconic he, movie. He was Baltimore, a bodybuilder in the UK, but he's very famous for playing, uh, Darth Vader, um, at least in body. Um, mm-hmm. and very famous for not getting all the credit that he thought he should have gotten right. and not knowing they were going to dub his voice. Oh, it's so weird that he wouldn't know that because it seems like it was known from the beginning that they weren't going to use it. Yeah. But, yeah. um, I have just a little clip I'll play here of some of his voice, uh, from the set. A lot of people have heard this already, but, uh, let's see. The 
There is the crest of Alderaan. Was there any of the royal family on board? Who were you carrying? Those are, those are some alternate lines, but uh, you can see how wild that is. And it very much... I'll play a little more. Oh, oh no, he just dropped him. Uh, let's do a little more. Here we go. Wait. Where is the data you intercepted? What have you done with those information tapes? We intercepted no information. This is a consular ship. Didn't you see the markings? We're on a diplomatic mission. Where are those tanks? Only the commander knows that. This ship carries the crest of Alderaan. Was there any of the royal family on board? Who were you carrying? That's great. I love you know, listening it's, to that. Uh, obviously, they made the correct choice and got one of the great <laughs> voiceover performances of all time. But, you know, the physical performance is, is you know, I don't know if it's as important. Um, I don't know what how you'd break that down percentage-wise, but it's close, very important. Though, yeah. And yeah, and you know, to embody that, I know the the costume does a lot of the work yeah. too. But just that towering, sort of looming, lurking giant, kind of really Frankenstein monster type of thing mm-hmm. that that's going on with Darth Vader. He deserves a lot of credit, yeah, obviously for that. And um, you know, again, the most iconic, I think, villain yeah. uh, that cinema's ever produced. I would so, agree. You know, all credit to him, and sad to hear hear that he went, but eighty five years old yeah. again, uh, a pretty good run pretty up there, yeah. <laughs> And uh, there's a documentary about him playing Vader that's uh, really worth watching, too. Cool. I think it might just be called, like, I Am Darth Vader or something. Cool. But, um, but it's also a really cool one people should check out and, and look for. So definitely rest in peace. And um, that, that that dialogue recording is also mm-hmm. fantastic. It's just um, a bunch it, of, like, alternate stuff that's not in the movie, but it, it's just it, crazy good. Yeah. Well, and, you know, this is totally separate. Well, but that's it's, tapes! It, it, it makes me think of the where they dubbed the Samuel Jackson uh, over Darth Vader. Oh, you ever seen, I think I've that? seen that. Yeah, yeah. So funny, yeah. man, where he's just like, all right, motherfucker, get out of the way. And people are moving out of, you know, as Darth Vader walks by. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Very anyway, good. So fun. Um, there's a couple other news bits here. Uh, did, did you follow at all the monolith that they found in Utah? I'm sure <laughs> yes, you saw that yes. in the news. As soon as I saw so, it, I was like, okay, okay, what are we doing here? Um, it's great. Essentially again. the short of it, you can Google it if you haven't seen it already. But anyways, Utah, the Department of Land Management or whoever was flying around in a helicopter doing like a bighorn sheep survey and uh, saw this monolith. Mm-hmm. It's a metal structure vertically in the ground in a pretty remote area. A lot and, 2001. Um, so that, that, that was news. And they were like, we don't know where it's from. And then, <laughs> you know, it took like the New York Times doing an article where they really did some more research. They interviewed a bunch of artists in neighboring states uh, metal artists and stuff, and and there was one, I know one person that uh, said we we think it's this person, um, and but still no no one at this point has admitted to putting it there. Right, um, right. And then uh, the interesting bit of information though is that uh, Google Earth Photos um, place it being installed between mid 2015 and mid 2016 because it wasn't there before then. So you can look at the (laughs) the satellite images and um, that happens to be right at the ass end of Westworld filming in that area. 
for the first season. So uh, not that that's necessarily it, but I wouldn't, it it is in the realm of possibility that the the art department of Westworld, you know, had met, had some metal and they were just having fun and they did this um, and maybe they're not coming to it. And it probably wasn't, you know, sanctioned by the, you know, by, I just enjoy that it sat there Um, for a while and it sat there for five years. Exactly. Before anyone found it, just waiting Um, and enjoying. But as of yesterday, it's gone. It has been Damn. removed, but no one knows who removed it. It wasn't or, the government. Yeah, I was going to so. say, or, <laughs> well, I'm yeah. here to confess. Or it, I put it up, I took it yeah, down. Yeah, right. Yeah. And here you heard it. It was me. You heard it here. Um, anyway, so that's kind of cool movie TV related, because I wouldn't be surprised if we find out one day who, who yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, uh, other things in the news. Um, I, You know, I don't think I'll ever really uh, want to talk about, like, tabloidy stuff or, like, gossip but um jason sudeikis and olivia wilde broke up which is kind of a bummer yeah, like drag. that's that's one of those things where i was like oh shit that sucks um but uh, anyways watch uh, ted lasso he's great in that um, <laughs> yeah, no, i've heard from a bunch. um yeah, yeah. You, you you root for people that you like both yeah them, they're just their so personas, wonderful right yeah. and you like the stuff they've given i'm you sure them. they're yeah. ending amicably but whatever um movie theaters are reclosed where we live uh they were never reopened in la but now they're closed <laughs> everywhere um we're in a pretty strict <sighs> semi-strict stay-at-home type of order now and most things are down even like stores are down to like 25 percent capacity so any more news on oscars are they um, talking about yeah so i've got that in the list here of stuff to talk about um the oscars are currently slated to have their ceremony which i'm sure will be a very emmy like ceremony with you know no audience and everything on april 25th so they moved it back like a month and a half or something like that and they're not going to announce the nominees until march 15th so I'm not oh, sure okay. what that means. The or if of March. Those are, Ooh, yeah, terrifying. If, I'm not sure if that, that means that there's like some possibility that those dates might move or what. Um, normally we would be heavy into watching Oscars that are, you know, up for, you know, uh, uh, yeah. movies that are going to be up for Oscars at this point. But um, I this guess, I guess we'll see. For, Which actually, yeah. that, that brings me to a fun little, uh, listen to this little clip from Schitt's Creek. <laughs> What is your favorite season? Awards. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's about how I feel generally at this great. time of year, but uh, we can't go see any movies. Um, but uh, I am going to come back to upcoming movies in a few minutes. Uh, a okay. couple other uh, news-related things. Um, Conan O'Brien is ending the standard TV show that he used to do. Obviously, COVID kind of ruined a lot of TV show tapings and stuff like that. So Conan right. is now moving to a weekly talk variety show on HBO Max next year. So that's kind of exciting. I think that could be good. Okay. Um, Chappelle's show was up on Netflix <laughs> and then he requested yep. that it be removed. Like he had a deal with Netflix and then all of a sudden after it was up for a few days, he goes... Hey, Netflix, remove my show because no one should ever watch it. Uh, I love Dave Chappelle, and uh, I just think that's wild. It's so yeah. wild. I don't yeah. even know what to make of that. Um, I know. I don't have any comments either. He's an he's, he's a, he's a interesting guy. And then uh, it's been in the news that Gremlins 3 you know, is in production, which is kind of a Christmas movie. Yeah. Um, and Chris Columbus is set to write again. Um, I don't think they know who else is involved in it. 
Um, but the cool news is that he said uh, they're not going to use any CGI, you know, yeah, right. stuff. So, what you would want. Yeah. Um, that's very cool. You know, I never saw Gremlins 2. I've never seen I don't think I've batch. seen Gremlins 2 either, which yeah, maybe I should. Either. I don't know. Um, so this uh, segues us into some upcoming movies. I'm just going to rattle off a few. Um, December 4th, which is only a few days from now, uh, Mank will be up on Netflix. So I'm very excited I'm for excited that. excited about that. I'm going to sit I'm in jazzed. front of the TV and watch that on November, yeah. or excuse me, December 4th. Um, December 23rd, Netflix has a movie coming out that I don't know how I missed this trailer from about a month ago, but called The Midnight Sky. Have you heard of this? No. Um, no check no, out the one. trailer. It's a George Clooney star starring and directed movie. Um, and it's kind of looks like an action, like a dystopian apocalyptic action space movie. Um, oh, semi space movie. Right. Um, and it's, so it's George Clooney, Felicity Jones and Kyle Chandler and amongst other oh, people. Yeah. So good cast. I that I, exactly. That's I watched There's nothing else going on. I know exactly. <laughs> this is, <laughs> this is exactly my point. I <laughs> sit at home and do nothing and I don't know how I don't know about it. And I don't, oh I don't know God. what I'm doing wrong. Um, so anyways, that trailer is up. There's a great trailer for an upcoming movie called one night in Miami, um, about the meeting of, um, uh, Malcolm X and Muhammad Ali and right. Derek Cassius Clay and 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 uh, they're they're meeting in the fifties or six I forget what year it takes place in but it's a period movie in Miami um, and so that amongst a few other movies are coming out on December twenty fifth um, One Night in Miami will be in theaters News of the World the Western with Tom Hanks Promising Young Women Woman I've been waiting for a long oh, time shit. and just the thing I want to watch yeah totally. But I've been excited about and that. And Wonder too. Woman 1984 are all going to be right. in theaters on Christmas. And then Wonder Woman, oh, and then streaming uh, Soul, the new Pixar movie, will yeah, be on yeah. Disney Plus. But this is an unprecedented thing. Wonder Woman. 1984 HBO, right? is releasing on HBO Max simultaneously right. to theaters. Right. We haven't had an instance of this. The closest thing we had was like Mulan released on Disney Plus, but you had to pay 30 extra dollars on top of your membership right. for it. Right. And <laughs> this is really a big budget, huge budget movie that is going to go on HBO Max so far it looks like with no additional cost. So yep. this is unprecedented um, so far. There have been other movies like Greyhound that have been purchased by outlets and then streamed, included in your membership. But this is a big yeah. one. This is one that would have made a billion dollars, and yeah, they're yeah, for sure. giving it to us for free on on HBO Max. So, uh, so Christmas is going to be awesome. I'm not doing much for Christmas, so I'll be around home and I'm going to watch lots of movies. Um, right, right. There won't be much else to do that's for it. anybody. So that's it. If you don't like movies, um, um, anyway. So stuff. that's a good segue. We could talk about some Christmas movies now, and we'll we'll probably end this segment with the Rotten Tomatoes scores. But um, right on. But yeah, maybe sure. you can direct us into talking about some Christmas movies. Yeah, you know, I uh, I mean, I've got my staples, my standards, you know, that yeah. I always love, and I try to watch each year. But I was actually looking. You know, there, there's a there's tons of lists. You know, if you just look, there's a bunch of lists that. You know, best Christmas movies, movies to check out. Totally. Um, Kelly, you will be happy to know that uh, Batman Returns was on Esquire's 55 best Christmas movies list. What number was it? As a Christmas movie. Do you remember? Um, it was pretty high up. I think okay. it was maybe like in the 40s. Okay. Um, but, you know, Die Hard was in the 40s. I no think it's shit. a win for either cool. of those movies just to be on the list. Um, and I think now we can officially put that uh, discussion to bed now that Esquire yes. <laughs> put it on the, put it on the yes, list. Yes, thank you, Esquire. Um, when I, when I 
you know, hear Christmas movie, there are two classics that I think of. Um, Miracle on 34th yes. Street pops into my head and It's a Wonderful Life pops into yes. my head. I don't, I don't know why White Christmas doesn't pop in eh, the same way. I mean, I, I think I those are all. As also th- Frank those Capra, are the ones. White Christmas? I yeah. think so. Um, uh, I don't know. But either oh, way, I, I, you know, those are the ones that, that po- kind of pop into my mind for the classics. That said, those aren't the ones I'm popping on, you know, every year. I know Michael um, Curtis. For me, um, and I, 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 I will die on this hill. I ride or die for love, actually, the clip that, <laughs> yeah, we, that yeah. we ran at the beginning. That became a real cult classic kind of in my generation, our generation. Right. I can remember in college going to three movies that I just very specifically remember going. Well, four movies. Kill Bill was this giant thing, uh-huh. and I took a friend who had never seen a Tarantino movie oh, shit. and also didn't know it was going to be split in two, sure. so great yeah. reaction at the end of that movie. Um, I remember going to see and being terrified of, because I don't really like these kinds of movies, the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh-huh. I went and saw that movie with my friend, my roommate, whose name was also Patrick at the time, who we're not super close now, but was my best friend throughout college. Sure. And then our friend Katie, who I'm still very close to, Katie Kutcher, who is also happens to be the funniest person I think I've ever met. Um, we went and saw Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I remember seeing that with those two. I remember going to see um, Old School with those two. Sure. And I'd never laughed so hard in my life. Yeah. And the third movie I remember seeing with those two people is Love Actually. Uh-huh. And for some reason, those three movies are all very like cemented in my mind and kind of these moments that I just look back on kind of fondly. Um, and we just, it was just like a delightful movie. Like there, you know, there are, it, it, it's kind of like the perfect Hallmark movie to me. You know what I mean? Like I know why people, some people dog it and some people don't like it. But as I mentioned for a, for a holiday movie, what I want out of a holiday movie, I feel like there are so many cheesy bad movies. And this one is like sort of a perfected to that formula type of thing. Um, and I think it's heartfelt and unapologetic and kind of beautiful. It's there's, it's not just all happy stories. There are some really tragic stories that take place in it. Um, you know, I'm not saying it's Shakespeare, but, um, but there are some real moments that kind of try you. And nonetheless, at the end of the movie, to me anyway, I'm always a little bit happier. It just kind of warms my heart to watch that movie. It yeah. makes me makes me very happy. So that's exactly what I want out of a holiday movie. That's why I love actually is right there at the top of my list. I will always love uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation sure. because just beat for beat laughs. I mean, th- you know, that certainly has to do with watching it growing up. But um, yeah. but I just <laughs> there's just so many parts. I can't, I'm not even going to go into details, but that one just always cracks me up. Home Alone, I think for anybody our age, obviously you just watched Home Alone. That's kind of a classic in a different way. And then the the little tiny ones um, – uh, that, you know, kind of the kids movies that I grew up watching were gr- the original Grinch, mm-hmm. how the Grinch stole Christmas, um, Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer, mm-hmm. the old classic claymation one, which is brilliantly parodied in elf, um, right. just bringing all that stuff totally. back in totally. like, was such a great choice by Favreau. Um, and then the one, which I'm going to talk about a little bit more, a little later, uh, is, and I don't know if you've ever seen it, but Mickey's Christmas Carol. Which is like a twenty-five oh, minute. Movie. Yes, and so my holiday. I didn't VHS, write that down, but it deserves right, yeah, to be well, on my list. Yes, and and people don't bring it up that much, but yep. our holiday VHS was Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, yep. Mickey's Christmas Carol, and then Home Alone. Sure. And then we had another tape of the incredibly creepy and just as mad at me for even introducing her to it, Babes in Toyland with Keanu Oh, I, that's and, on my uh, list. Drew Barrymore. I'm going to get to it in a minute. insane movie. <laughs> and no child it. should watch, yes. but I loved it. Um, but, um, but Mickey's Christmas Carol to me is my favorite version of the classic Christmas Carol story, yeah. which I think is the ultimate, not just Christmas story, but I also think, I mean, 
that's the one Christmas story to me that belongs in kind of the great stories of humanity. I mean, mm-hmm. I really think it is a story about the important themes and what's important in your life. Yep. And, you know, I just think it's kind of a staple standard, you know, uh, uh, tale um, that uh, kind of transcends Christmas, I guess. So those are the ones that I would rattle off that I try to watch every year. Those are the ones I'd kind of recommend to anybody. Um, I didn't mention Die Hard. To me, that is a Christmas movie. Sure. I will watch it every Christmas. And for that matter, so is Lethal Weapon. I'll sure. be watching both of those movies this yep. year. Um, that's a uh, tradition uh, that I love uh, and will always check out. So did I uh, Did I hit some of the ones yeah, on your list? For sure. Totally different? I, okay. I essentially broke down my list into like the, the real classics when I was a kid that were always on that, that you know, were mandatory. And right, um, right. like you said, the original, you know, Rudolph – uh, the Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol or Mickey's Christmas Carol is uh, is one that I just haven't seen in so long and haven't thought about. But for many years there, yes, I know that was in our rotation and right. mandatory. Right. And then Charlie Brown's Christmas or oh, Charlie yeah. Brown Christmas Come was on. one of them All-time too. Classic. So those three um, were very important in the early years. And then kind of the middle years, I've got Christmas Vacation. We definitely watched every year. Home Alone. The Santa Claus was big for me. Like I watched that yep. even yep. when it wasn't Christmas. I just loved the Santa Claus so much. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and a hundred percent the same with Jingle All the Way. I've seen it seven million times and love Jingle <laughs> All the Way. Um, and then Nightmare Before Christmas. Once that was out, I just always loved that one yeah. too. Yeah, no, those are kind of the middle years. And then you know, Love Actually was only two thousand and three, and so that's know. you know, it's know. not that long ago. And that one is probably the most modern one that I did end up watching so many times, even though I was already like a teenager by that point. Um, right. Right. So watched it so many times. Um, and then I have some honorable mentions that are just like really fun ones that are forgotten. Um, I love Just Friends so much, the Ryan Reynolds oh, right. yeah. one, just and really that's a, that that's too, a Christmas movie for sure. Um, Scrooged, which I. I think I only saw last year for the first mm-hmm. time, mm-hmm. but I just think it's so wonderful. And I, I really kind of am bummed that it wasn't a big part of my like <laughs> upbringing. Yeah. That's it's a little bit I more adult, either. but it, yeah, it exactly. deserves lots of credit. I love it so and much. That one comes up a lot. That's on a lot of people's list. And that also speaks to once again, the themes and the elements of the whole, Christmas Carol story. Same deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the, like being, they resonate, like they, they are important. Oh yeah. You know, standard kind of ideas. So, yeah. Um, and then I have babes in Toyland, which, uh, I had the McDonald's VHS of, <laughs> you know, McDonald's wow. gave out that VHS wow. at some point as yes. a toy. Yes. Uh, and so that is like 1988 or something like that. And yes. it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's Keanu Reeves insanity. and Drew Barrymore and it's fucking nuts. And that <laughs> movie scary. I've seen way more times than I should have. Um, mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. want to really watch it again, but it, <laughs> it is excuse me, something that is so heavy in that rotation. And then the three I wrote down that are kind of the, like, you know, like you, you said, Die Hard, Lethal Weapon, and then Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Those are all yeah, Christmas movies that one. are, are kind of a little bit more side sidelined. Um, right. So right. that's my list. And I just want to say, like, you love Elf, and most people of our age uh, love Elf and can quote it and do quote it. And I quote it sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I got to say that when it came out, um that is, you know, early Favreau. Like we, we highly respect him now. He's made so many things, you know. But before this, it was minimal. It was like, oh, it's the guy that made Swingers, or you know, that did yeah, Swingers. Sure. You know, wrote and wrote and started Swingers. Um, I just remember thinking originally that Elf was so silly, 
And right, right. even though I like so much of it, I, it, it feels like the work of like a kind of a novice filmmaker. And that's no, I agree kind of you. what it is. And so I think I really kind of disliked it in the earliest years when it came out, like those first couple of years where I kind of dismissed it. Um, mm-hmm. And I would agree that there's a lot of really wonderful stuff in there. But also I think that Will Ferrell, and these are all just my opinions and I'm trying to change them, but Will Ferrell you know, is really a hilarious guy in that movie. He's so different. Um, and it's really just because he's so incredibly infantile or whatever the word is child that it doesn't really strike me as funny. Um, it's the (laughs) circumstances that are funny, but I don't, I don't really ever laugh at him in that movie. And so elf is one of those that I just, I need to give it another shot. I need to keep watching it. And, um, there are, uh, there are more probably funny quotes from that movie yes, yes. Uh, than any other Christmas movie that I can think of. Uh, this is interesting maybe than Christmas this. Vacation. And that's why this it's weird to me. You say it's this. a disconnect. It's like, I right, think it's right. brilliant and well, I also well, don't like it. <laughs> I don't know that, I don't know that you're wrong because, and here's the thing I've, I have dressed as elf at you this have, point, I think yeah, I know. officially more than uh, Indiana <laughs> than Jones yourself. as the most, yeah, as a character, any character right. that I've gone as and always a big hit and, and always yes. fun. I, Kind of felt the same way. I, I never disliked the movie, but I I was never as high on it as it, and, and immediately like with right. that generation like that just became. I mean, that would probably be listed now. I think is for modern Christmas movies probably number one, pretty high yeah. amongst yeah. our generation, top five. Anyways, um, yeah. It for me, it was always the the some of the parts were greater than the whole. Yes. I didn't think as the whole movie, I was like, oh, that's not a movie that I love. But if it's on TV and I can watch a scene, mm-hmm. that's always something I'm down for. And also, like you said, the quotes, I just think it's endlessly quotable. Yes. So in that way, like it's almost the character and the circumstance that I'm more into. And of course, all of the early stuff where he's up at the North Pole to that's me crack me up because yeah, yeah. I grew up with Rudolph and anybody who did, which most it's American like kids. A, an adult slant on years. all of yeah. this stuff. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that was the stuff I really liked from that one. The other one, though, that uh, unpopular opinion of, uh, uh, alert that um that I never put on my list that some people just just ride. Is it a Christmas for. story? Is a Christmas story? I wrote that down too as my other one. <laughs> I, I you know and this speaks to again my sentiment. This speaks to every reason that I love Love Actually yeah. and that opening. You know the opening narration of that movie about the ones who love and nine eleven, which it came out right after, right. and you know all the messages being of love, and then the ending with that wonderful. Uh, Beach Boys, you know, God only knows what I'd be without you and just shots sure. of people who were actually at the airport greeting loved ones. That's very good, yeah. That stuff to me, you, know, you can say cheesy old corny or whatever, but that stuff is real um, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and has a, ba- a base for it. And the reasons that I want that are the reasons that I don't care for a Christmas story for a Christmas movie. Yeah. I get why it's kind of needed. I get why it's an answer to the love actuallys of the world. And I look, I'm the one who puts on Die Hard and that's a you know, I guess that's yeah, where yeah. I get my rocks off for like the stuff that's not <laughs> sentimental and cheesy. But I just don't want that cynicism in my Christmas movie. Christmas I don't need story it. The the is year. dry and like you said, cynical and it 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 is a love letter to an era, our parents' generation. It's a love letter to that era of yeah. how kids yeah. interacted, how kids interacted, and how kids interacted with their parents. And all of those things are not... Uh, yeah, they're not relevant. They're anymore. not relevant, not and they're not particularly good. These are right. these are elements of, of the, bo- the baby boomer generation that are... Um, questionable, you know, um, yeah, agreed. and, and possibly very negative. 
And Agreed, so, sure. and, and I, you know, that obviously is talking as a 30 something year old, but I think we even knew that when we were little, we were just like, this isn't our era. This isn't yeah. our thing. And yeah. so uh, it just never grabbed me. Yeah. And Good even point. It though always felt foreign to me. Foreign, exactly. Like, I, this isn't the world I grew up in. You know, this isn't the Christmas that I had or will have. And I think our parents probably watched that movie in the 80s as 30-somethings going, I forget what year it came out, but, you know, right. as as kids and, um, and, or as adults and went, oh, yeah, I really identify with this. Right, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. Like, I wanted a gun, you yeah. know, or whatever. I mean, thing. it's yeah. fine. But it, it is uh, it is just an odd man out for me. And so I wrote down Elf in a Christmas story as ones that I like. I kind of have weird feelings about that are usually on top lists. Um, yeah, I totally agree. So totally that's agree. funny that we and, kind of have uh, the same thought there. And yeah. obviously, I mean, all of these movies pale in comparison to Reindeer Games. But, <laughs> w- but we've talked about that so much that I don't One necessarily day. want to go back. One day I'll watch it. <laughs> have you still not watched hey, it? I've never seen Reindeer Games. 2020 Christmas <laughs> is not the time to watch yeah. The wonderful Ben Affleck okay, in Reindeer Games. Reindeer. This is how the does time. It, how bro. does it stack up against this Jersey Girl? Oh my god! You know what? I will. This is com- you know completely yeah. honestly a thousand times better than Jersey. Girl. Okay, cool. I've made a lot of jokes on this podcast. Let's let's not get crazy. This this movie's cool. an enjoyable flick. Bad flick to watch. Okay, so. well, I, it's anyway. on my list. I'm sure I'll get to it. Um, well, that's that's a pretty good list, and you know, obviously, uh, there are a million more. I, I never growing up other than uh, probably I watched Miracle on 34th, the original. You know, a time or two. I definitely watched It's a Wonderful Life more. Um, that was yeah, definitely the bigger one for, for our house. Um, but that I, was the one my dad was going to put on as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, these are not movies that I revisit very often just because, uh, I don't know. It's hard, it's hard to revisit, um, you know, a, a significantly older movie and get a lot out of it sometimes. So yeah, definitely. Um, it true. just, it definitely just true. is. Did you um, see the new Miracle on 34th Street, by the way? Did you watch that one with the 90s uh, one? Attenborough? Yeah. Playing Santa Claus. He's no, a great Santa Claus. but I know that's considered very good. Yeah, and it's the girl from Matilda. And and this is, right. again, Mar- unpopular opinion award. I realize this Mara is Wilson. ripping off 90% of the classic and just adding 10% more, and that's not as impressive right. as creating the thing. But, you know, for my money and being a member of the audience like you and I are, sure. I always really liked that one, thought it stacked it up, fi- stacked up against fine, you know, against – Against uh, the looking original, at it again, so. and I've never seen this one. This was '94, and uh, you know, it's produced and written by John Hughes. Um, yeah, listen, listen, man, it's it's, it's probably it's a worth heartfelt. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely if you want just a good, fun, you know, warm your heart type of Christmas movie, right? Um, that you know, this is the one um, to I check guess, out. Yeah. Um, so, well, uh, how how about we do some Rotten Tomato scores? Is that cool? Let's do it. I'm guessing okay. we're doing a holiday so movie we're edition. Do here. some miscellaneous that's my, that's holiday stuff. Yeah. Uh, first one I have is Gremlins. Ooh, okay. Um, Gremlins, Gremlins. I'm going to say audiences. No, I'm going to say critics for Gremlins didn't give it maybe the love it deserved. I'll say <laughs> critics gave it a 68 and audiences gave it a 82. 85 from critics and 78 wow. from audiences. So I was oh, pretty surprised feel, by that. Well, I wasn't too. far off on the audiences, but no, wow, right. I didn't expect critics to give it any love yeah me okay. neither i i was i was digging that um oh, good job critics yeah exactly uh scrooged scrooged i think critics um were down with i think critics gave scrooged an 88 and audiences gave it a 82 71 and 71 
I, I found that a little bit low. I was like, this is a very smart, I do good too, movie. especially I, with the way people talk about it. However, it if seems both like, are 71, I feel like that's the appropriate grammar. <laughs> we don't have many that, that land the same. Right. I feel like I'm definitely wrong. I just okay. uh, always think that those like entertainment meta movies, Bill Murray also, just always yeah. play well with critics, and, and that seemed a little low for me. Um, right. How about Nightmare Before Christmas? Oh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay, this was this was full Burton this era. Yeah. I know he didn't direct it, but this was when yeah. Burton was completely in. So, I'm gonna say critics gave. I'm gonna say these are both low 90s. I'll say 92 and 91, 95 and 91. Very good. Okay. Very All right. good. Yeah. Yeah. You that knew. felt about right. Um, it's a Wonderful Life. It's a Wonderful Life is considered a classic. I feel like by everybody, I feel like it's going to be skewed positively. Um, I'm going to say critics, 93 audiences, 95, <laughs> 94 and 95. That's maybe All the right. closest you've ever been on yeah, anything. Pretty solid. Yeah. Um, one point off on one and nailed Had the other. To be, right? Had to be that. Uh, Home Alone 2. Home Alone 2. Full title, wow. Home Alone you 2. Did, I like... Home Alone I 2, like Lost the, in New York. Sorry, go ahead. Okay, I like that you're getting into Home Alone. I, I yeah, appreciate yeah. the fact that you've picked Home Alone oh, yeah, 2. Yeah. Um, critics for Home Alone 2 gave it an 81, and audiences gave it an 88. 33 and Holy 61. Shit. You know what's funny? I was lowering them from Home Alone because I was like, right. okay, people loved Home Alone. Right, right, right. It's just going to be a little, little notch bit, lower than Home Alone. It. Man, yeah. that may be the furthest off I've ever been. Could Wait, be, give, me yeah. the, give me the numbers again. That's oh, hang on. 30. Uh, 33 and 61. Fuck. Yep. That was shocking. Man, I um, hate the Trumps in it now, but other right. than that, I still really enjoy <laughs> Lost in New York. Uh, also, oh, Lost yeah, in New York, yeah. you know, both Home Alone and Home Alone 2 have – some of the great movie foods that I've always wanted to eat. Mm. And in the first one, it's the macaroni and cheese that he's heated and he's about to eat when he has to go fight that. He doesn't sure. take one bite. He's I'm like, take a, one bite. Dude, a, this could a be a wine glass meal. of milk, a white yeah, wine exactly. glass full of milk. <laughs> and then, um, and if he hadn't said his blessing, he would have had a chance to get a bite. Right. Um, and I don't know what that means, but when he's in the limo <laughs> in home alone two, he's got oh. that giant cheese pizza that oh, he's had his shit. driver pick up. Yep. And then he sees the toy store and he gets, he picks it up like he's going to bite a slice and then he doesn't ever bite it. Right. And he's like, Good God, man. Come on. That was just a fact. some pizza. Guess, but yeah. I was just like, eat this food. Anyway, let's continue. That's very funny. Okay, lethal weapon. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. This could break my heart if this one's not, if this one's shit on by everybody. Okay. Critics for lethal weapon. The original lethal weapon. Critics gave it a 79 and audiences gave it an 87. Man, you're so close. 81 and 86. You're like just okay. a point okay. or two off. That, that tracks. That's about right. Very I mean, good. For Patrick, good. it's low 90s, but right. I understand. That's right, of course. Um, okay, two more. Batman Returns. <laughs> okay, I think... I think My this favorite is the one Batman where everybody movie. really turned on Burton, and they were like, this is too much Burton. <laughs> um, okay. I think critics... I think critics still kind of appreciated it. Um I'll say critics gave it a 78 and audiences gave it a 65. Very close again, 80 and 73. Okay. Extremely close. Okay. Um, and last but not least, definitely not least, Love Actually. <laughs> this one I know is ranked lower than it should be okay. um, because people shit on sentimental right, things. Right, right, right. Um, 
I think critics for Love Actually were probably in like the, I don't know, maybe like the 60s. So I'll say critics for Love Actually gave it a 65. Audiences, I think, gave it like a 78. So good, man. 64 and 72. It was incredibly close. 72 for audiences is really the one that kind of breaks my heart. It should be higher. You, yeah. you know what's funny about Love Actually is very much like we talked about Forrest Gump on a previous mm-hmm. um, uh, podcast. I feel like a movie came out that was always just supposed to be, this is the holiday movie this year. Yeah. And then Love Actually really gained a ton of steam and kind of became the cult classic. For right. like five, six years, you remember everybody was oh, just like, oh, 100%. we got to watch Love Actually. It was brought up in other movies. And then I think the pushback from that is always the most brutal. Like when people are like, why the fuck do we like? this movie right people really love this movie i need to remind people this movie sucks and you're and you're kind of like no trust your gut it's okay to like it it's okay you know yeah yeah and and honestly you don't even have to give me the intellectual breakdown of what doesn't work in this movie i get it you know what i mean like i'm just enjoying this hallmark flick that's done with better actors by the way with a ton of great actors you know who are all on board to tell this story right anyway i'm i'm with you on that and i'll probably watch it again this year um well that's cool i think that's a good uh talk on on christmas movies and i think uh we will uh in the next few days try to get together a um uh, a, a plan to do a Christmas movie commentary uh, yeah, in the we'll next see what's uh, week or so. Yeah, we got to look we'll have at a vote. the we'll streaming see. things. Um, but keep an eye out for that, and then uh, we'll probably return to regular podcasts after the new year um, because it's going to be a semi-busy holiday time for some of us. Um, yep, yep. I might be gone a little bit. Um, so the last thing I want to do is I have a very silly hidden gem. Do you have a hidden gem? <laughs> I do. You go first. Okay. So I'll, my I'll really silly one is uh, not even a uh, a movie as much as it's a series of of short films um, that uh, was very important to me when they came out, uh, and they are called the BMW films. <laughs> um, oh wow! Okay. Because it was they hit right about the time when I was like getting interested in filmmaking, and I was kind of a preteen teenager, um, right, right on the right. cusp. And essentially, BMW. Uh, put out a series of short films uh, showcasing their vehicles, um, all starring Clive Owen as the driver. He doesn't oh, have a yeah. name. I remember and it was two seasons. It was a season of five uh, episodes where I think he was driving the same car in each. I think it was a five, like an M5, like a 2001 M5. And then in the, and then they did three more. And I think he was in a different car in each one of those. Um, and they're all very good. Uh, there are a couple that are a little bit less good, but they're all, they were all super high budget for a short film. They were like Hollywood budget. Uh, Fincher was a big part of producing these things. David Fincher say, had these his were name very on them. Produced, I remember extremely produced. <clears throat> um, and then you had different guest directors on each one. I don't think Fincher ever did one, but, um, a, a variety of very good feature directors and actors, um, you know, there's, there's one with Ray Liotta and he doesn't even have a line, you know, it's just like people <laughs> came in and just Don Cheadle's in one. Um, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. you know, Madonna's in one guy, Richie directs one with Madonna in it playing herself. Um, they're really fun and they're on YouTube most likely, but, um, they're just, they're just fun and short and, and, uh, that's it. 
Well, right on, right on. Uh, well, solid. Um, yeah. My pick, we've already talked about this this episode, but my hidden gem for everyone, uh, check this one out this holiday, is uh, Mickey's Christmas Carol. Yes, that's um, it. <laughs> and I, a couple things that I didn't realize, I, I kind of looked into this one because I wanted to talk about it a little bit. Um, again, it's my favorite version of the Christmas Carol story, which I think I've seen every ver- Man, I've watched like the 30s version and the 70s musical version and the Muppets version. I mean, I have watched a lot of these. We sure. were, I was in the play growing up, you know, so familiar with the story. And again, think it's a uh, kind of an important story. I did not realize, uh, one, that Mickey's Christmas Carol came out the year I was born, 1983. Oh, wow. Cool. Um, so which, you know, just kind of a fun connection. Yeah, totally. This is one that I would really, really was special to me when I was growing up. But also, I've talked to you about this before and a couple other people. When you're a kid and you have no concept of whether a short film, uh, I mean, you know, a five minute short film is short, yes. but you don't really know that a 30 minute episode of television is shorter. Like than if, the you had, movie if you had, if you had asked me how long this movie was, I would have probably yeah. said like an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or even like an hour and five minutes, or like even the, you know, the yeah, short, exactly. the, the animated films that are full feature. But so funny. This movie is 26 minutes long <laughs> and growing up, I, I had no concept. I think the Rudolph movie is an hour to an hour and a half. Right. And watching the these together where we had Rudolph, then Mickey's and then home alone on the tape. I had no idea. I wasn't watching three evenly paced right. things. Like, exactly. you know, you're, I was just so absorbed by stuff anyway, when I watched stuff, isn't as a that kid. funny? How kids but it is so work? funny yeah. To, yeah, to revisit and be like, Oh, this is a 25 minute <laughs> sure. short. Um, but I can't recommend it highly enough. It's, um, it's, it's just a, a very heartfelt heartwarming. I mean, you know, the story, but told with these classic uh, characters um, right. and Scrooge McDuck and everybody and Mickey um, really, really great version of the story. So if you can check it out, if you have a chance, if you've got Disney plus, I know it's on there. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely check it out um, for me, probably uh, second only to reindeer games, which I mentioned before. <laughs> so be sure to check those two out. Okay. That's your double feature uh, for 2020. Awesome. Um, and that's all I've got, man. That's what I've got. That's great. I think uh, we just have to say happy holidays to everyone. Merry Christmas. Yeah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Merry Kwanzaa, Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy holidays. Everything. Yeah. Um, um, and, and hang in there. Um, we're, I think we're seeing it at least a light at the end of the time. I know we've shut hey, down again, if, but I think if you're a light at home at the the for the holidays, if you're not with many people or with anybody, um, that's okay. Um, there's a good chance that I will be completely alone at home on Christmas and, uh, that's okay. That's what we should do. And if you're seeing people, that's fine too. Just be safe. Um, yeah. And, and a lot and of people are, do, are do what works this for year. You. So yeah. yeah, just, uh, eat some good food, order yeah. some, uh, terrible Chinese watch stuff lots that's of terrible movies. for you and great to exactly. you. Exactly. Just yeah, pick and it watch out. some flicks and, and listen to all of our podcasts again. All in, in a long road. Yep. Just so you can yeah, like <laughs> marathon that and tell all your friends. Uh, that's the most yeah. important thing. And if you have any thoughts on season. how this microphone sounds, let me know. Just send, <laughs> yeah, send them on in. Let us know that as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, happy holidays, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and we'll uh, talk to you again soon. i